0: Welcome back to Life Talks, this is Brian
1: and Melissa and
0: we are back in the sauna today with a very special guest we're very excited he's a musician and his name is Jordan Kelch so welcome to the show
2: I am glad to be here Brian Melissa
0: Um, so to start off before even get into the questions we're going to do some little bit of a game here right
1: all right. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Catholic youth groups, we always do a game beforehand. That's what I do. I'm a youth minister. So, like, I can't do anything without games. I just don't know how to function without them. Right. So we're going to play a little this or that with our guest, Jordan.
0: All right. OK. What do
2: we got? What do we got? OK. Bad haircut or bad hair dye? Bad haircut or bad. You know, I've never dyed my hair. So... I'm going to have to say bad haircut, because at least I know what that's like. I've had bad haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How
1: okay. bad was it? How bad was it?
2: Well, I cut my own hair. So I was like 10 years old, and I didn't like the haircut I had. So I just took scissors and cut my own hair. It was pretty bad.
1: Yeah. That probably was awful. <laughs> no yeah. offense. One art,
2: you... <laughs> one art firm I didn't take up with cutting hair. <laughs> <Right. laughs> have you ever gone bald? No, I have not. Oh, if I did, if I ever go bald naturally, I'm gonna have to grow my beard out long enough to make up for it. Sure. Okay. Well, maybe this Lent you can go bald. Just
0: you know, just think about it for a bit. So you know. (laughs) Okay. Let's take the next one.
1: All right. Um. So, would you rather? Oh, speaking of a sauna, would you rather be in a sauna or a hot tub?
2: Oh man, that's a good question. That's a tough one. I, I'd have to say hot tub. Right. Let's say right now, I think I'd say a hot tub because mm-hmm. humidity is just, it's, it's present. I would agree. Yes. <laughs> hot totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hot tub okay. that's turned off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we actually went to Colorado and we were in a bunch of hot springs and some of them, yeah. like, I just, after a few minutes, you're like, "I'm done. It's just too hot." <laughs>
1: 109 yeah. degrees in the like... summer,
0: right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Next one is hair in food or
2: undercooked food. Which would you take? Hmm. Oh, uh, mm. Do I know the person's hair? Mm. Ooh, that's
1: a, that's good, a good question. Good question. Uh, <laughs> didn't think about that. Ah.
2: Um... Uh, hmm. I think that has a big. I think that has a big part in it. If I don't cool. know whose hair it is, I'd probably have to go. Uh, undercooked food, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. You know? And if you didn't know whose hair was?
2: No, if I did know oh, then did I would know. go with hair and food. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. At least, at least the if other they're way? clean.
1: Right. It's if good.
2: they if I didn't know the person's hair, I'd probably have to go with undercooked food.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah, depending that's...
2: on what kind of food it is though. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess I was thinking like at a restaurant. Yeah.
0: So
1: it's however you look
0: at it, it's scary for
1: sure. Yeah, that's a scary <laughs> one. I can get sick
2: from from the undercooked food.
0: But I mean, really, how often have we been cooking like at at home, or like, is that my hair? And you're so hungry because you want it. You're like, yeah, it's gotta be mine, man. <laughs> oh yeah, it. it's
2: like the, it's like a different color, and you're like, yeah, it's mine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. right.
0: Uh, okay, right, I last so. one. You got it.
1: Um. Oh yes, this is a good one. And no cell phone for thirty days, or five minute cold showers every day for thirty days.
2: Oh, that's a really good one, because honestly, I've done both of those. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with phone, no phone for 30 days, because that sounds like a luxury to me more than anything, really. really, You know, the other one's definitely a penance. Yeah. Um, Not that penance is bad, but (laughs) I'm going to have to say, (laughs) uh, yeah, the phone one's definitely a luxury.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just saw Matt Fred did an episode where he gave up the cell phone. I haven't seen it yet, but
2: um, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. Well, <clears throat> I think we'll dive into some of the serious stuff. It's not that serious. Okay. Um, so I think we just want to get to know you as a person. So who is Mr. Kelch? Uh, outside of music, you know, family, friends, hobbies, odd jobs, kind of just to give our audience a little bit of a background about yourself.
2: Yeah. Outside of music, um, I'm pretty transparent. I'm studying theology, right? Grad school for theology. So I'm taking uh, classes there and uh, I work. I read a lot. My work consists of music mostly, so I work at a music store hmm. and I do uh I do work at a, a recording studio as well in part time. Um, but other than that I'm, I I pretty much do the same thing. Most of my day-to-day life is uh um praying and going out into nature. Today, today I actually went on a uh, on a hike and I oh, took nice. uh a hammock with me and I just read Tolkien. Hobbit. Oh
0: yeah.
2: Came home, took a nap, sad. and here I am. Uh-huh. It's pretty present, pretty pleasant day overall.
1: Yeah, sounds pretty so, dreamy, actually.
2: It does. It does. I I uh I would I would have to say the main thing that takes up my life outside of music is probably uh probably school. Yeah. You know, reading every day. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: was Tolkien for school or that was pleasure.
2: That was pleasure. Yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. I'd have to
0: say this pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Melissa just finished up her master's. Was that last December?
1: No, uh, it was theology. in May.
2: Oh, May? Oh, oh, master's in what?
1: Um, So at the Augustan Institute, they have a leadership of the new evangelization. And so okay. I started out my master's in biblical theology at John Paul the Great. They closed their program halfway through. So then I was like, okay, Jesus, what do I do now? Um, And so then I was able to transfer to the Augustan.
2: That's really, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Biblical studies.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: How much uh, school you got left? Pardon me. Probably about a year and a half, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great people. That's honestly, most of the learning consists of the people that I'm in classes with rather than the Mm -hmm. classes themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, going to lunch with a classmate that's much more humble and much more intelligent than myself Mm -hmm. and just talking about the things that we've talked about in class and, oh i didn't even think about that you know things like that so
1: that's awesome yeah i missed out on that i did a distance program at both schools but um still a great experience but yeah when you can just have those discussions and those dialogues that's like where it all comes together yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah. i don't know why the thought just occurred to me like and you also learn a lot just from like praying over the material you've like seen i think of aquinas he's like uh you know, basically, for all his smarts, he's like, the, I get the most from prayer, actually. <laughs> so
2: it's crazy. But, uh. Amen to that. I've learned that more lately than I ever have before. <laughs> Theology of the Body is a class I'm taking with uh, Volchstein, who is actually the translator of the original text to English.
1: Okay. Wow. Um,
2: so it's, you know, it's like the guy to take it with. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff is, I mean, he's very passionate about it. And I get to take it to prayer and just, it's, it's, it's almost like talking to John Paul the second himself, you know, um taking that stuff to prayer is it's it's deeply affected me in big ways. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. I love that. Can I I'm sorry, there's a question that's like really going through my mind right now. Um do you mind if I Sure. Do you caffeinate a lot with everything that you have going <laughs> on?
2: <laughs> coffee. Okay. Okay. I actually have coffee right now.
1: Spot on. Because <laughs> I'm like yeah, you have the part-time job. You have like music. You have school. Yeah,
2: yeah, wow. okay. yeah. It's a. Uh, it sounds busy. It sounds busy, but I'm. Um, not many people know this about me, but I'm actually 100% an introvert. Um, I'm not extroverted, even though I take part in all of these very like public ministry and, um. But the Lord calls, and you answer. So yeah, a lot of caffeine. I, I can't. <laughs> I'm a totally different person when I wake up in the morning and I haven't had coffee yet. It's it's crazy. It's crazy how much of a difference I am. And my roommate, uh, who uh, my housemate, you know, we he's totally the opposite. He'll wake up and immediately ask me questions about what I'm doing today. In five minutes, I'm like, dude, dude.
1: <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. Oh, no. yeah, I can deeply relate.
0: Awesome an introvert, and it takes me about eh, maybe five hours to wake up. You know. Yep. But yeah. That's uh, that's funny. I'm still okay. waking up from this morning. Oh uh, yeah, no kidding, right? I'm already ready to get to bed. <laughs> um, so I just want to ask you one last question. So, do you have family in the area, or is it are you away from family? I don't know where you grew up, grew up.
2: Um, yeah, Northwest Ohio is where I grew up. My my sister moved down here about a year or two before I moved. Um, so she lives about 30 minutes away from me. Uh, with my nephew, my godson lives oh, cool. uh right down the road as well. They live. Um, together. And we have, well, my niece was just born last October. And then we have another one coming in, I think, December. He hasn't, oh. they have another one coming in December. So oh, cool. um, big family coming. It's awesome. It's super exciting. So, yeah.
1: Exciting. yeah. Awesome. So
2: I have my sister here.
1: Good. Yeah. It's so important mm-hmm. to have family around. Um, definitely yeah. have lived in some places where I'm solo and it's fun and it's adventurous, but there's nothing like being around. Yeah, people you can just really relate to and on uh-huh. that deeper level. So mm-hmm. that's great.
2: Yeah. Do you have a lot of family around you guys? Uh, so yeah. I do.
0: Um, my like, parents <laughs> yeah. and siblings are here. So I have a brother and sister um, oh. within 30 minutes, really. And cool. and we have like relatives in the Chicagoland area. So they're kind of spread about. But uh, she's yeah. actually from Colorado. So she had to make the move. <laughs> oh, I didn't force her. <laughs> no, the Lord called her this way, which is kind of weird. We thought when we were dating actually i'd be ended up in colorado but yeah i was like i'm not leaving and then (laughs) the lord was like yes you
1: are (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) so like ohio we're in the flatlands and uh yeah Yeah. you know but that's how it goes
1: but there's still hiking opportunities and there's beauty everywhere right Mm. yeah well you know
2: it's crazy um close friend of mine nathan his name's nathan reich he's also a musician we uh we did an album together uh unknown album now I don't talk about it a whole lot but it's uh with somehow Grace and he he did a lot of the mixing and writing we did a lot of the writing together. He moved to Fort Wayne when I lived in Fort Wayne. He moved to Fort Wayne from Colorado and he um, he loves Fort Wayne. He he likes it way more. Partially, you know, he he lived in like the city and it's not a big city guy Den- and yeah. and he lived in Denver. So
1: Okay, yeah. Just
2: the hustle and bustle wasn't for him.
1: I understand that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah,
2: yeah, but he's happy in Fort Wayne, so
1: good. I feel like Mm -hmm. I saw that. Is that on Spotify or was I? It is. Okay, I Mm -hmm. think I saw that when I was. I downloaded uh, some of your songs for my confirmation retreat today, and then awesome. So well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was fun. All right, next one. Okay, our
0: second question officially. Um, so who has been an inspiration to you growing up? Um, yeah, anybody.
2: Um, hmm, that's a, yeah, you know how hard that question is because there's so many people that you can, but my, my immediate thought, my immediate thought it goes to my uncle, uh, my great uncle George. Hmm. He was a, uh, a priest and he lived till he was about 98 years old oh. and, uh, deep theology. He was very into his theology. He'd go to his house and he'd be sitting in his favorite chair, just reading uh, Ratzinger or, um you know Casper uh, reading the the heretics of the early church and just thinking though, about these things um and at that time I was just a high school kid so you know he was extremely talkative and he wanted to talk about this theology with people and he loved talking because it was it was a form of of uh, of love showing people love when he would communicate these things these ideas that he had and these thoughts um but it was way over my head at the time. <laughs> Actually, it's probably still way over my head the, <laughs> right now. Uh, but, you know, there was um, there was a deep connection that was made. Even though he was speaking things over my head, he would talk about uh, singing. He was very into singing. Mm-hmm. And he would sit there and he would just he would talk about this theology. And they'd say, I want to sing a song for you. And he would just start singing there in the uh-huh. middle of his reading. Um, I have a recording on a tape of him singing a mm-hmm. song. So, you know, a lot of that's actually what influenced me to go into theology and to uh, uh to change my life and turn my life back towards the Lord was was realizing um who my my uncle George was and who I was becoming. Um, so, uh, he was a big influence on everything in my life still is. I actually just uh, thought thought about it last night, thought about him last night. So, oh,
1: nice. that's yeah, That's a good question. Thank you. Yeah, and that's so cool that um Well, the way that you express it, like the passion just comes out that like um, he had the theology and the music. And then obviously that's a huge connection for you. But the fact that he wanted to share it, because a lot of people have these loves and these passions and they're like not always able to share for whatever reasons, insecurities or they just want to keep it to themselves. But like the beauty of yeah, being that light to others and just sharing your love um, can do so much. And we don't think about that all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that is cool. I just think of when you said you didn't always understand it. And I could, yeah, gather that as a high schooler, but you still saw something beautiful in your uncle, something different, right? Something mm-hmm. maybe past the norm, uh, more eternal and as opposed to all the noise of the world. Like this guy, I don't quite understand him, but <laughs> there's something beautiful about him and there's some type of truth that he's he's expressing. So
2: there was something very uh authentic and very human about him. Mm-hmm. You know? That was that was what that's what drew people into him was the authenticity and the, the the humanness to him, and I think that has a big touch on my music. Is this 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 deep like just real with people? I don't I don't do music for other people really. I do it for myself, and I share it like uh, like Melissa was saying, you know. But um, uh, it's it's just it's just who I am and how I'm struggling with these things in the light of Christ and what He's revealing to me. It doesn't have to be a happy song to be a Christian song, you know. So right. I think my Uncle George really revealed that th- to me uh, through, th- through prayer after he died, especially. So, yeah.
1: That's beautiful. So would you say that, like, your musical roots um, come from, like, music in your family, um, maybe your uncle? Or were there others that also kind of brought you up in this musical um, environment? Or did you kind of discover that on your own a little bit?
2: Uh, yeah my my family really nobody in my family was really very musical my older brother was he played uh he played bass guitar um in a band in high school so it was more of a like party thing he just they just wanted to play music they weren't you know i don't want to say they were bad but they were they were pretty bad uh sorry craig if you're watching this <laughs> but we'll they weren't they him. weren't great <laughs> no. but i remember being wanting to be just like my older brother and he played bass guitar. So I didn't understand the difference between a bass guitar and a regular guitar. So I went out and bought a regular guitar and I brought it home and I realized it wasn't the same thing. Oh. And I was like, Oh man, I don't get to be like my older brother now. Um, but it grew from there. It grew from this, this just wanting to be like my older brother. And now, you know um, he doesn't play guitar as much as he wants to anymore. My younger sister does play some, some guitar, uh, but I'm uh, some, sorry, some piano. She plays some, some piano. She's pretty good. She's a good singer. Uh, she doesn't take it as seriously as I do, but she's she probably should. <laughs> she's pretty good. So uh, a lot of my inspiration, I would say, comes from um, other than my Uncle George, just to be who I am, really. But the musical inspiration, I would say, comes from just just picking that guitar up the first time and falling in love with it, really. I find it for myself. My dad had a guitar. He played a few songs um, and just embedded that into me uh, but i think i've always seeked that that realness and that just all, that authenticity of like the blues the blues has always touched me in a really deep way um i love that human humanness of the old delta blues and they're just out there really putting their heart into it mm-hmm. i think that speaks christ to us you know so um, i would say just i found it myself yeah yeah
0: yeah well said i think we see that already coming through your music we just felt like uh, you're saying this reminds me of home and I'm like, yeah, we have that here too. You know, it's just soulful. And it's just, uh, just even just the c- acoustic vibe and uh, it's just, yeah, you're putting out some beautiful stuff. So mm, it's so thank cool. You. Yeah. Um, so when did you wanted to go like into the profession, you know, like when did you know, like, okay, I'm going to do music full time or, you know, kind of make that dream happen.
2: Yeah. When I was in high school, I had a buddy that we, <laughs> we had a band. We started a band in junior high. We called it negative zero. Don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's terrible, but uh, it was a drums and guitar, you know, a negative zero. I don't know. I don't know if that's mathematically a thing or not, but no. OK, good. I don't. Think, I'm no mathematician, it. but
1: it's a neutral, isn't it? Yeah, but.
2: Sure. <laughs> These junior high kids coming up with oxymorons, um, <laughs> negative zero. But we had this band room out in our barn. Uh, it was way too small and way too loud. To be playing music and because, I mean, I probably lost some, some hearing out there. Yeah. Just go out there, just jamming out. It didn't matter if it was good. It was just a raw emotion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um and we both decided we wanted to go to school to learn how to record this stuff and make ourselves sound good, not necessarily how to play music. So my undergrad is in audio engineering, not in theology. Okay. So that's where all the recording comes from. Um, it's just learning that recording. Uh, but I, I ended up actually going to a – I had a good friend. I did start a real band in high school at one point. But I had a good friend who was the singer for our band. Uh, uh, we were co-singers. And her father was a uh, roadie and the secondhand man to uh, Pete Townsend from The Who. Oh. So he, he knew Pete Townsend really well. He knew people like Eric Clapton super, super well. And I went wow. to a concert – and I got to go backstage and meet these people, and I was like, i'm I'm doing this. I'm going to school for this. That's
1: you know? cool. Oh yeah yeah. Mm.
2: So very, very direct uh, inspiration from from the real big, big people, you know, yeah. like the who and yeah,
1: yeah, and Eric Clapton, like, oh my God Eric Clapton oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. Legend yeah, That's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, this this guy actually gets uh, he gets gets birthday cards and Christmas cards from Eric Clapton, which just every year blows my mind. But I love having conversations <laughs> with him.
1: Oh, oh man, yeah. no kidding.
2: Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Lives like a couple doors down from me, you know. Oh wow! <laughs> so,
1: like, can I be there when you get that card?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, one of the first concert I ever, uh, life shows I ever played, I got to play through um, Mick Jagger's amp that he used on stage.
1: Oh, my goodness. I felt
2: way over, I mean, it was way beyond me. I'm like, I'm not even, I can't even, what? (laughs) I I can't do this. So, it's cool. It's very cool.
1: That's cool. Little blessings, little gifts from the Lord. That's actually kind of a big gift, not even a little one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen.
1: Right. Um, so I want to ask you about your writing process. You do post a lot about the process and like, as you are saying, like music is a way to just express those raw human emotions and struggles. And um, so do you have a specific strategy, if you will, or do s- like, cause some people have to like sit down and think about it and it's beautiful, but they work it out more or do songs for you kind of just more flow from experience. How is that for you?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I love talking about the process because it, it cultivates a conversation between artists a lot of people I talk to are artists as well and so they they get to share how they go about it and it's really interesting to me because different music comes out of me if I do it a different way um, sometimes I'll just come home and I'll just I'll write uh, I'll write lyrics and I'm like oh this is cool this will work um, but it's coming from a place of, of pain that day or of joy that day but if, if I was to say I have a process I'd have to say um, uh, You know, I do have a process that if I'm really needing to write a song, but I can't get anything out, I have a typewriter. So I sit on my guitar and I have, you know, I have hundreds of ideas that are just sitting with me that I've just jammed out to. And I'm like, I like this. This could work years from now, maybe if it ever comes to fruition. But I can't write lyrics like that. I don't have lyrics that are just lying around. So I sit at my typewriter and the reason I use a typewriter is this process because a lot of times you're using paper. I'm a mess. So my handwriting, I can't read. <laughs> so I'm scribbling things out. I'm like, oh, what did I say there? I can't figure out what I said there, you know? Um, and then if I'm writing on the computer uh, on like Google docs or something, a lot of times it will, uh, I, you know, I'll typing really fast because I want to get my ideas out. So I'll make a mistake and then the red underlines will come up and Um, you know, things will get crossed out because I misspelled something and it distracts me from this, from this process of, of art and I go back and fix it. And then I lose what I was saying. So, um, this typewriter idea came to my mind because I can't fix the mistakes. I just have to keep going. I just have to keep typing. And a lot of times the mistakes are minor. They're nothing that I can't figure out what I meant to say. Um, And I can read it because it's not my handwriting. So the typewriter is definitely a big form of the process for me. Um, outside of that, things kind of just naturally work into place.
0: Yeah. Wow, that is cool. I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's like a like a vintage yeah idea. Yeah. It's it's authentic
2: and it's human. Oh
0: yeah. There's (laughs) art. That's awesome.
1: Right. And I love that too, because like I don't know if you're like this, but a lot of people like they just don't express themselves the same way through like a computer, like just the physical act of being able to write something out. But again, like mm. it's hard, as you were saying, to like read your handwriting, but a typewriter still has that, not that a computer doesn't, but it still has that like physical feedback in a lot of ways that like a keyboard on a computer doesn't. And um, I don't know. So it seems like that could be a really cool way to like get out thoughts and like keep that human element too.
2: Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I gotta be, con- I gotta be consistent with the things I say you know if I'm going to be if I'm going to preach this authenticity in life then I got to be consistent with that (laughs) right
1: (laughs) and then the second point that I think is great like I think one reason why people struggle writing creatively is that like yeah the mistakes like oh it doesn't sound great right now or like these little roadblocks that like look so much bigger and then to have the visual of like um grammar like grammarly or whatever it is like that's an even like uh like a stronger um distraction as you were saying to like the mistake and you're like no i don't want to focus on that right now i just want the creative process
2: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you hit you hit the nail on the head there Mm
0: -hmm. okay so i guess i have like a sort of a double question um you kind of mentioned like your faith growing up but was there any moment you know how did your conversion happen or your cradle catholic you know that kind of your your faith and and then i suppose to marry that into maybe part of that happened through your music and obviously we're always developing still (laughs) but yeah how does it all come together you know
2: yeah um a lot of people when i give my story a lot of people consider it a pauline story this this one moment that happened that just converted a very very broken um you know, Christian hater almost. Right. But I would actually say it was more of an Augustine story. Um, It was very, very slow and, and really drawn out. And I still kind of feel like I'm just trudging through mud to get out of this. Like, I got to get past this point because it's just keeps pulling me back down. Um, So I definitely say in Augustine, it was Augustine conversion. There was, it wasn't really one moment that just changed everything for me. Um, it's a big, it's been a big, long process. And I've, you know, reading the saints that's been consistently true for that. Some saints just have a one moment thing that they just flip their life around and then other people slowly figure, oh, okay, this is, this is who the Lord is. Um, not that I'm anywhere near saint, but hopefully in the process, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the, there were there were there were bigger moments than others and uh your embrace the song your embrace um consecration song was probably specifically about that moment uh, one of those big moments for me uh, i had i was i was dating a um uh, it's a quite a long story i was dating a girl I'll, I'll try and shorten it and not not say the things that'll make more questions arise um, <laughs> But I was dating a girl, and she was very Catholic. I wasn't. I was a leather jacket wearing, crazy, you know, hippie rock star. Um, But she she was attracted to me for some reason. Um, She was very interested in who I was and what I was doing. And uh, this, you know, I always had this authentic heart and this heart for God. But I I pushed him away, and I kind of hated him. Um, But she she saw me, and it was the only up to that point, the only woman I really, really, really ever fell in love with. But I was in this place of darkness. So it was this these these polar opposites. Um, and she began bringing me to church, and I was willing to go because I I was so deeply infatuated with her. Um, so my relationship with God became a really, – it was really founded on her you know, at that point, which was not healthy in any way. Um, but um, she brought me to Mass. She brought me to Mass a lot. And as I was going to Mass, there was a moment – of of, I was watching the priest, and I should definitely not have been receiving at this time in my life. But there was a moment where the priest was uh, holding the Eucharist up, and he said, "Behold him who takes away the sins of the world." And there, there was this moment that just like it slapped me upside the face. I'd heard that so many times. I grew. I was. I was born. I was a you know cradle Catholic. But hearing that priest say that and the way he said it. I knew he really really meant it and I knew he really really believed it. And I said, "How? What? How how is somebody able to think this so deeply?" And it struck me. It struck me really really heavily. Um and I I I was kind of I was kind of uh knocked on my butt for a few 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 weeks um at that point in my life, you know? So, um Years later, probably about two or three years later, when I was actually uh, closer to Christ and I was, you know, um, going to mass of my own free will, and after this 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 woman left me, you know, there's a whole lot to that story, obviously, but uh, um, I had uh, I had sat down and, and and thought back to that moment of of behold him who takes away the sins of the world, and um, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And it, I, I just sat there and I just wrote the words of the mass and the simple guitar part and I said this is this is uh, this is the song that's going to ground me for the rest of my life in in my faith you know super simple. it's one of the more, most boring songs I, I have that I play. I'm not gonna lie, but it's it's the most impactful for me. So uh, yeah, you know, that moment came out through my music just like you were you were asking you know um and uh yeah it was beautiful i loved it so that, that i would say i would say that was probably the biggest moment
0: yeah wow uh i don't know about you but i just feel like i could just soak that in for a bit <laughs> <laughs> that's something for our, our listeners to ponder and i think so many people are in that place they may be even going to church maybe because of a boyfriend or girlfriend you know and just uh they know something's yeah. there and oof i don't know yeah it's simple sound to you but it I think it shows at least our listeners, um, your fans, just the depth of like a song like your consecration song there. Uh, you know, what happened for you to produce this song? And it's a gorgeous mm. song. I listened to it twice today, actually. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's just, wow. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um well, I, I'm not a musician or an artist, so I, I can't really totally relate. But it, I wonder, like, yeah, it sounds one way to us. And then an audience is going to receive it however they receive it. But um, sometimes it's just the simplicity that can bring someone like back to like the place that they need to be. Right. Sometimes we are so complex, so busy in our thoughts. And we, even like in our Christian faith, we overcomplicate things so much, but just to go back to the simple as God is simple. Right. Mm. And just let those words um, that, like you were saying, the, the words of the mass, they aren't that complex. They're not like compl- like complex sentences or grammatically. They're not even like anything special or elegant, but they they reflect who God is and they reflect the way that God wants us to move in our faith journey, just like in that peaceful embrace in that peaceful, simple movement towards heaven and movement towards him. And mm. so that kind of just is what sticks out to me as you're sharing that story.
2: Mm, beautiful. Yeah,
0: I don't know about you, but I'm sweating quite a bit. <laughs> We're <laughs> up to 106 in here, and uh,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm actually, I'm actually sweating myself. If it makes you feel any better? Okay. <laughs> it's probably got I wouldn't AC say it's 106 head. in here, but
1: for the next question, um, obviously you've partnered with other musicians. I'm sure you're in conversation with other musicians quite a bit. Um, what do you think? Like, one of the biggest challenges for a musician is today in the modern era. Um you can answer that as like coming from like a Catholic perspective or just for music in general.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. That was my first question was do you mean Catholic musicians or what is the biggest challenge I want to make sure I got that right. What is the biggest challenge for a musician in today's world? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um you know this art, this art form, and I was just thinking about this recently. Um this art form is very difficult, especially in today's culture with Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, where you don't get any return on it. You know, um, It's very, very low return. Uh, as you guys know, YouTube doesn't... It, you don't get a whole lot of return from re- views on YouTube. Um, same thing with Spotify and these other things. So um, this art form is not a visual art form. Um, it's really difficult to get people into interested in it with uh without um without talking about it to people so this kind of delves into both the catholic perspective and the just the musician perspective in general but you know i have i have this difficulty with pride because you know i have a i have a decent following on instagram for example um and in order for me to be able to keep doing music, I have to make some sort of money off of it in order to for me to have microphones and guitars like this. I have to be able to make a living in some way. Um, and that means I have to market myself, um, which which feeds this pride that i've that I've given myself, that I've you know taken upon myself in my past, and now I try to get rid of, and then I'm coming back into a place of of flourishing with my music. and like, well, I don't want pride, but at the same time, I, I need to, I need to help people see my music in some sense. Um, and I think that that's, that's pretty, I, I feel like that's pretty true for all musicians. Um, This, this marketing thing is getting people to see their music. And I think it comes from the solution comes from this place of authentic and human encounter you know, um, and, and I think that's why I write my music in the way I do, uh, as we discussed a little bit before. But also like person to person contact, like real authentic con- connection. So when I when I first get a new follower, I always reach out personally, you know, to say like, can I pray for you? Can I talk, how can I talk with you? Um, I, I, I do send like a, a message, like here's my music, but I always make sure that I talk to the person Outside of that first message, because I, I think it's important that there's a, a human connection. I don't want it to become all about me and me putting my music to these people and like here, listen to my music, give me money. You know. Um I, I, that wasn't that's not what music was about for me. It wasn't about money. It was just me enjoying, putting my heart into something. Um, and I think that's that's a big part of 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 the struggle as a musician. Um is that it's not about the heart anymore. It's not about about the music anymore. You know, so uh, all those things play into this big, this big snowball of a problem.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. That's that's a lot.
2: <laughs> you have giving us so much. <laughs>
0: that's uh, just can see the amount of self reflection you've done. And yeah, I mean, it's true. You do have to like get your name out there, right? Um, it's your brand. And at the same time, trying to be a Christian and trying to be humble, how do you like balance that and figure out like the proper ordering of everything, right. How to align. Mm -hmm. And uh...
1: yeah. I mean, I guess that is something that we have discussed though. Like, okay, how do we grow? Like we feel like we've been called to this ministry. We don't have like the background of like how to do audio and tech and you do more (laughs) so than I do, but like these like logistical things, but then, you know, growing a channel on youtube again that's like Mm -hmm. a difficult thing because there's so many right but we feel like okay lord you're calling us to go forward when we pray about it but how is this going to happen we get like a new subscriber like every however often right Right. not that often um
2: you got one today it is that like
1: (laughs) humble trust thank you like bells, they always say that, right? And so it's like, and so you watch like these videos, like, okay, how do you grow your channel? And it's always like, tell them to subscribe, tell them to like do all these things and magic like whistles and blah blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah. that's just not who yeah. I am. Like, that's not my style. it's not why we want to do this. But that same conflict, that's the way people get out there. So do you like? You almost have to. Yeah, yeah. it's so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It's 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 rough. It, it, one thing I've I've thought about is. um and like you're doing it right now, this human connection with other people that you know, we're we're gonna benefit from uh, from doing this together, but it it's not about that. It's not like I didn't say yes to this because I wanted more people to see my music. I said that yes to this because I wanted a human connection with you guys. Right. And and so it doesn't become about pride in that way. And it works for itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I think that's so beautiful. And I think that's the, I think that's the only way a Catholic can, can think about it is keeping in mind that I don't, I'm not going to do this for the pride. I'm going to do this because I just want to love people, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the Lord calls you, keep your head down and just keep going. Right. And he can take care of, if he wants to build <laughs> yeah. it or, I mean, we'll do everything we can with our knowledge and such, but you know, we have full-time jobs. So it's like, try to do this on his side. It's mm-hmm. just like, Oh my goodness. Maybe it's just for fun, but yeah. So um, so our next question sort of actually leads into where you were talking, but like artists in general, we we're just talking, I think maybe a week ago or something like, gosh, you know, so many people go to their job and they just don't like it, unfortunately, <laughs> feel dead end, feel bored, yeah. don't want to go inside when they'd rather be on the sun working, whatever the deal is. We're like, well, people do have passions though, but it's so few, it seems like, at least in corporate America, right? Get to really live out their passions. And it's like a sadness. So many people are working, grinding away and they're making a living. That's beautiful, supporting family. But they're not mm. really always executing the passion. So the question is for artists, I don't know if you're able to answer it or just chip in on it. Just like, how can artists, I guess, survive, right? Uh, make enough? How can you live with the balance between passion and, you know, where do you draw the line? And oof, it gets kind of gray, but. Yeah.
1: Passion and react. Like a lot of people say you have to go to the real world where you have to like pay the bills, right? That's always live your passion or be in the real world. And it's like, does there have to be this like opposition? Or like, yeah, we kind of just wanted to pick your brain about that concept or idea.
2: Oh man, hitting with the heavy questions now.
1: <laughs> we we saved it till number <laughs> 10. So.
2: You know, um I've thought about this a lot. And I, I've I've thought about as a guitarist, when I first started playing guitar, my fingers bled. And most people think they're going to start guitar and they're going to get up on stage and they are just going to draw drive everybody crazy. Like, ah, this part of this is crazy. Oh my gosh. Right. He's right there. But when you first pick up the guitar, your fingers are bleeding. And, and when fine, when you find out that my fingers bled when I first played guitar, you're like, I don't want to play guitar. I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you shy away from it. You freak out. You're like, I don't want to touch the guitar. That's not a thing for me. Somebody picks up the guitar and starts learning it and their fingers are in pain and they're bleeding. And they give up. And you have to ask yourself, was that person passionate about it in the same way that I was passionate about it? Or is he passionate about guitar in the same way that he's passionate about making movies? And obviously, obviously, he didn't have the same amount of passion as me and as he did for something else. And immediately, it comes back to Christ for me. Immediately comes back to Christ for me because I think of... The reason he called it the Passion of the Cross, the, the movie is called The Passion, or the story is The Passion. Why is it The Passion of Christ? Well, you watch that movie, and you read the story, and he, he embraces his cross, and he kisses his cross, and he sees it, and he knows what it's going to stand for, and he loves it, and he sees this trajectory towards beauty and, and salvation for, for people. And it was it was hurt, it was painful. Like the whole way up to Calvary was painful. But he loved it. And he told his mother, take courage. This is this is good. And I I can I reflect on that. And I'm nowhere near that. You know, he he embraced his cross with more love than I would ever embrace my guitar. And that blows my mind. That blows my mind. But the fact is, is I have, to, I have to take Calvary. I have to get through Calvary in order to get to the resurrection as an artist. I have to take Calvary and go through this painful process. And a lot of times that's happening in the church today. You know, um, the church has to go through the crucifixion to get to the resurrection. It has to be crucified. Marriage has to be crucified. The family has to be crucified. It has to. Otherwise, we're not going to get to the resurrection. And, and, and we, we think that that, you know, the end of, you know, if the church is losing people, that's a bad sign, but in the end, it's really just, it's just pointing towards the resurrection. Um, And so, you know, I I think that the greatest answer for that question is that if you really love something, you're not going to shy away from the struggles that it's going to bear, you know, you're just going to keep going. And, and, you know, God led the people through ex- or through the exodus through the desert. And they were like, this is not going to work. We're not going to make it. How is this going to happen? How are we going to get there? There's no way. There's no way. And that's why they failed. It was because they didn't believe that he was going to get them to, to the paradise. They didn't believe that he was going to lead them. You know? Um, I, I, I want to take that on in my in my ministry and in my life. I want to take that on. Um, and I, I hope that other artists will take that on as well.
1: Yeah, beautifully said. Um, one of the goals of our show is to take the things of daily life and just be able to take time to deeply, more deeply reflect on them. And I think that's just what you did for us here. Like music is a part of our day to day, but like, what's the deeper significance of that? Mm. Um, what is the way that we can reflect on this in a way that elevates our soul? And I think you just did that for us. Like everything is pointing to the cross and the resurrection. And um, so thank you for sharing that. You said that like, yeah, that's what you hope for your music is that you're going somewhere. So do you have any, like, like, what are your dreams for your music? Um, You say it's (laughs) for you. Um, Do you have any personal projects that you are really like, Um, excited about and and looking forward to um, what's on your horizon?
2: Oh, man. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that uh, you guys are in the middle of an art right now, and you're definitely suffering for it. I can see the sweat on your shirts.
0: Thanks, hey, brother. Oh my gosh! Look at
2: this.
1: One fifteen. I love,
2: Dude. I love this idea for a podcast for a video on YouTube. It's great. You should take that on. Oh, like yes. you're suffering for this art in the middle of a, of an interview. That's so. That's oh, that's perfect. I never
1: thought of it that way. That's awesome. it's amazing. Yeah.
2: That should done. be your marketing scheme and throw that out there. That's great. <laughs> it's genius, actually.
0: It's funny, when we um, first started, like we're like, gosh, there's so many talk shows, and I don't know why, we're like, we have Asada, what if we did a talk show on Asada, has anyone ever done amazing. that? It's amazing. Uh, it's been fun, but yeah, you're right, there's this offering, we should offer that up more. <laughs> yeah, we
2: should. There you go, and it's a Christian talk show, That's I, I love that idea, I've been thinking about that this entire time, but what better time to bring it up than right now, right? Yeah,
1: totally, um, <laughs> because we're wiping <laughs> that's <great>. our foreheads. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, Thank you. But, uh, sorry, can you repeat, repeat that question one more time?
1: What are your hopes and dreams? Like, what's on the horizon for you? What are you looking for?
2: Um, well, that depends on if I want to make an official announcement that I'm working on a new project or not, I guess.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> we don't want to force no, it. No, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, yeah. No, there's a uh, – I, I am working on, an, I, I'm working on a new album right now as well as – actually, I'm working on an EP, a worship album EP, just simple music. And then I'm also working on a very uh, like jazzy bluesy kind of like the earlier, the other stuff, um, album. Um, and I'm really, really, really excited for this, uh, this jazz album, this jazz rock blues album. I don't know what you'd call it really, but, uh, it sounds very Jordan. Um, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) as a lot of my friends have told me, um, and it came from, it came from the liturgy, um, and the it was inspired by the words of the liturgy, and uh, I'll just say I'll just say one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, during the consecration, the priest says, "To send your spirit down like the dew fall upon these gifts." He said, "It's Eucharistic prayer too." He says, "To send your spirit down like the dew fall," and that struck me for some reason, and I prayed with it, and I wondered why does he say, "Send your spirit down like the dew fall." and not like the rainfall.
1: Yes, and it's dew because dew doesn't fall, right?
2: And dew doesn't fall. It's present. It's He's making visible an oh, invisible reality. I never caught
0: it. Wow.
1: Oh, that is Yeah, genius. he's making
2: visible this invisible reality. And it really struck me. It struck me in such a way that I was sitting in mass, and I knew that I had to write an album. Um, and that's all I'll say on that one. Uh, as for that the worship album, cool. yeah,
0: I love yeah that.
2: I'm really excited for that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I have about 10 other people around Franciscan and uh, from back home that have helped me on it. So it's a very, I mean, the church is a community. So, you know, um, I'm working with other people, so it's, it's going to be great. And then the worship album is, uh, is just uh, in the works too. It's kind of just me throwing songs together and just worshiping with them.
0: Mm, wow. That's cool. There you go, guys. Stay tuned for that, huh?
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to that.
0: Um, How can our fans find you, basically, is our question. So, you know, we're definitely going to drop your links in the comments below, but anywhere else you would direct them. Um, Some will be on YouTube. Some will be listening to us on audio podcast platforms as well.
2: Yeah, Uh, I'm mainly I'm on all of the the main uh, music uh, avenues. You can go to Spotify, iTunes. Um, You can follow me on Instagram. Um, and, and keep updated with things that I'm thinking about. Typically, it's just things that I'm thinking about and praying. Um, and uh, YouTube has all my music, and I do plan to release videos uh, someday once I get more time of just thoughts, just kind of like Instagram. But, yeah.
1: Can I ask a bonus question?
2: Yeah, go for it.
1: Did your dog ever get the ball out of the tree?
2: <laughs> he, that was so uh, cute. He, he didn't i did okay yeah what, what Gotham good is owner. around here somewhere actually
0: you know to all our listeners definitely check this guy out it is his music's just so deep um it's chill it's like exciting i love the part of getting jazzy with it you know just uh where he's headed in the future i don't know what your reflections are some of the songs you listen to but oh man we're gonna listen to a lot more so
1: yes we are i love it i love that i can just like um Put on a song, and I just feel like I'm driving over the mountain passes back home. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just brings a peace and serenity. So,
2: oh, thank you, very you much so much. That's,
1: there.
2: yeah, that's one of the best compliments I can get. God bless you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: Okay. I guess that's a wrap on this Life Talk show. We're uh,
1: pretty sweaty. So, we uh, <laughs> better go take a shout out, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: All right. See y'all later.
1: Ciao, ciao. <laughs>
2: Daffodil oh, Dandelion you do only know if you were Dead in the wind Or
1: a spring
2: flower Could only tell if I breathed you in But if Seems so easy to distrust my intuition in this season that is perennial. Breathing from a distance.